The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. If you want the answers, you're in the right place at the right time. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies to help you gain control over your life with MS using only the best insights, advice, and research from top industry experts. Not only that, you'll learn MS-specific exercises and tips to stay consistent, motivated, and inspired. Ready? Let's dive in. We have Mindy with us again on today's episode. Mindy Eisenberg, thank you so much for coming back on our show. Thank you so much for having me. I love our discussions. (laughs) I do as well. If you guys missed our first discussion, we talked all about the importance of breathing and Mindy gave us some amazing tips on how we can breathe properly to potentially reduce symptoms like spasticity and fatigue and overall feel better throughout the day. So that was an amazing episode. Today, we're going to be touching on yoga and not only that, but how to adapt yoga for you and your body and your lifestyle. So I'm excited to get into that. If you guys don't know who Mindy is, I just wanted to take a brief moment to share more about her. Mindy Eisenberg is a certified yoga therapist, qualified mindfulness-based stress reduction teacher, and a certified Buteco breathing instructor. Mindy is the founder and director of Yoga Moves MS, which is a nonprofit 501c3 dedicated to improving the quality of life for individuals with MS, Parkinson's disease, and neuromuscular conditions. She is the author of Adaptive Yoga Moves Anybody and Adaptive Yoga Cards. Mindy has provided yoga therapy to individuals with mobility challenges for over 15 years and thrives on building a strong, mighty community for her students and families. Her new program, Holistic Health and Wellness Forum for MS, was initiated in 2019. Last year, the virtual event was widely acclaimed with a team of nationally recognized holistic and clinical specialists. Mindy presents nationally for several MS, corporate, and yoga organizations and offers several adaptive yoga teacher trainings per year. She offers daily adaptive yoga and meditation classes online. So if you can't tell, Mindy is everywhere doing all the things to help people with MS and other neuromuscular conditions. So I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. What I want to touch on, I want to make sure we get to this. So I want to touch on this first. Can you tell us more about the health forum that you're going to be hosting? What is it? Who is it for? What can people expect to learn because that's coming up soon? So I want to make sure that people understand they know what it is. Yes. Yes. Well, of course you're going to be on it. We decided this time that we'd have a focus on fatigue and pain as a way what are different ways that we can cope with fatigue and pain? And we're also going, we have an amazing list of um, speakers. The lineup is amazing, starting with you beginning in the day. And um, Dr. Barry Singer is our 
keynote speaker. Amazing. And um, he's going to meet with Dr. Bieber and they're going to have a discussion as well. And Dr. Bieber has a book out in, on um, resilience and in dealing and coping with MS. And a little treat we've been working on is that yesterday, in fact, we did a videotaping of some of our students to make, we have so many special Yoga Moves MS students, so it's not easy to pick. We're going to have to keep going and just do them all, but everybody has a story to tell. So we want in between, we'll have little breaks in between the speakers. And during that time, we're going to put in some of their inspirational stories, kind of sprinkle that in to the whole day with the different speakers going on. So it's going to be a fantastic afternoon. And if people can't make it, it's all recorded so they can watch it at any time. That's amazing. And for anyone tuning in right now, if you go to the show notes, the link to sign up for the event is going to be there. So that's just one easy way that you can register for the event. Great. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. And yes, I was part of it last year and I just absolutely loved it. It's such an amazing resource, especially because you can come in and out throughout the day and you get the recordings if you can't make it live. So I just think it's awesome. Bringing it virtual, we attracted people from all over the world and that just made it so exciting. Yeah. It's so cool how the world has changed so much over the last year and a half, two years. And in some ways for the better in terms of virtual care and virtual resources. And we're taking questions ahead of time. Like if people have questions for our specific speakers, they can send them in at registration and also during the chat if they're there for the live session. Awesome. I'm so excited for that. So let's get into yoga poses. So I like yoga. I would not consider myself good at yoga, even though I know that's not a thing. You know, yoga is different for everyone. No, we're not supposed to judge. (laughs) We aren't supposed to judge, but it's easy to judge ourselves. It's so easy. Yes. Especially when most yoga classes are an hour and a half long in standing poses. And for so many reasons, it's easy to sometimes judge ourselves and feel like, well, I just can't do it. So a lot of people write off yoga and they just don't even try it. But what I love about everything that you do, your live classes, your book, your cards, everything is you make it doable for anyone, no matter what their physical abilities are. So that's what I want to touch on today. So First of all, what are your thoughts on ways to modify a pose or adapt a pose to make it fit each individual person? How how is that even possible? How do you do it? I think the first part is to, as a teacher, to communicate with the student to find out how the pose can serve them. It's not about, you know, I say like pushing yourself into a pose, you know, making yourself into a pretzel. It's more about sitting back and saying, what do you want this pose to do for you? And it doesn't, it could be an outer teacher, meaning you're working with a yoga teacher, or it could be the inner teacher. We say the inner teacher, because if you're doing this at home, you would be asking yourself, what do I want to get out of this pose? And so for any pose that has a purpose, let's say stretching the back of the legs. Well, there's a multiplicity of different poses that can be done in a chair, standing, and on the yoga mat, or even in bed, that will help stretch the back of the leg. So we need to look at that. Now, some of them obviously are weight-bearing. 
And let's say we know that um, a knee lacks. We know that we have a tendency to lack one of our knees. So we might use something like a washcloth and roll it underneath if they're, you know, seated on the mat. And that just gives a little bit of space behind so that the knee doesn't lack. So there are ways. We don't take I can't. That's that's just not part of this. It's all about what can we do with our current body and its capabilities. And so what we do is we make yoga accessible. So I get this question a lot for physical therapy, and I'm assuming you get this a lot. So I'm going to be one of those people who additionally asks you, do you have a favorite yoga pose or one of your favorite yoga poses specifically designed to help with walking? Is there one best one or one or two? What are your thoughts on that? So there are a few um, that really help with walking. And I've watched you when you're doing demos of how to help with walking. And I think that, you know, walking in place in the chair is an awesome place to start. What would make it different? We would breathe as we were lifting one leg or the other leg. You know, we inhale and lift the leg and exhale and place it down. And with yoga, the difference would be focusing on the sensation of lifting the leg and placing it down. And so we notice what's landing first. Is it the front of the foot or the back, the heel? We just notice it first. It's more like it's that beginner's mind of what's happening here. And we also know that just placing our foot down like that, that sensation, there's little pressure points or reflexology tells us there's all these points on the bottom of the foot that correspond to the rest of the body. So that one I've seen be extremely helpful. And so they can feel safe. They're seated, but they're walking in place. They're still getting many of the benefits of walking. The other one that I've seen really help is when we do a thigh stretch and also a combined of stretching the front of the ankle. And that helps the flexion. I was amazed. There's one pose that's called hero pose. And not everybody does the traditional version of hero pose because they look at it and they go, me? Uh Uh-uh, I'm not doing that pose. But what I've learned over time is we say we build up the throne, meaning literally build up a throne so that someone can sit on their throne and stretch the front uh, or the top of their foot and the front of the ankle. And so that can be, I've just witnessed people doing that pose. And then I'm like, oh, wait, they're walking better after they do that pose. We really need to to return to that. Because for a while, I, I was questioning what the benefit was, but it was because my body easily did it. I just didn't put it together until I started to see students walking and getting up. And you could just see that there was more flexibility. Wow, that's yeah. great. So do you normally start a yoga pose in a standing position? And then if that's too challenging, you'll change it to seated? Or how does that transition normally work when you're trying to find what works for your body? You know, I usually start with um, seated and then we work from there. So starting in the seat, and in fact, I was going to mention this also for walking, massaging the bottom of the foot is an awesome thing 
We also have this exercise called the yoga handshake where we put our fingers in between our toes. You know, so really playing with your feet is important. It's the foundation of the body um, or rolling your foot on a tennis ball or one of those pinky balls can be extremely helpful. And it, there might, it might be some sensitivity there. Um, so you have to control how much pressure you put down. But that can be very helpful for walking as well. And we might do that exercise in a chair first. So play with the feet, do our yoga handshake, you know, do some ankle circles. And then after we've done some stretching, we might stand. But every class is different. And so with adaptive yoga, what we're doing is saying, what is needed now? So what would this student benefit from? And how can we tailor a routine to the particular student rather than, okay, everybody, we're standing right now and then we're going to sit on the floor and then we're going to. So it's more like over time, I learned what would be the best sequencing. And there's a standard sequencing that works. And it's generally start seated in a chair and then move to some standing poses. But let's say someone's like, you know what? I'm not feeling it today. I think I would prefer to practice the standing poses in a chair. And that's what we do. So we'll, we'll say anybody who wants to practice standing may. Otherwise, we'll practice the same poses seated in the chair. Warrior can be in a chair or warrior can be standing. It could be against a wall. Right. What are your thoughts on the amount of time you should be practicing yoga just in one session in order for it to be effective? I know that a lot of classes are an hour and a half or an hour long, at least near me. It's hard to find a class that's less than an hour. But for some people, that might be very fatiguing or just a lot to handle. Is there a bare minimum, like a certain number of minutes that you feel should be performed in order to reap the benefits? I'm not sure there is. I feel that you fit in what you can into your day. So for instance, you're working on those sit to stands. We could turn it into a yoga pose like chair pose. We do that every day anyway, right? We get up and down from a seat, um, just like you teach with those little teeny bites, you know, you can weave those into the day or like with my yoga cards, I'll say, pick out a few cards, you know, or take your favorite ones, two or three, and that's your practice for the next week or the next few days. And you can always change it up. So I don't feel that you have to do a long class. I always tell students, even on the virtual classes, you know what, if you're feeling tired, just shut it off, say goodbye, put it in the chat, you know, I'll see you next time and do what's right for you. We always tell people if they're in the yoga classroom, take a break, take a break. And not every Buddy has the same pose for a break. You probably heard like take a break in in child pose. But for some people, child pose is not a break. (laughs) And, you know, with people who are feeling super tight or have something going on in their shoulder or their foot might cramp. So it really depends on the person. And we say, what would be a break for you? And we show them a few different options because they can always rejoin us. Mm -hmm. So what do you feel your clients come to you wanting to work on most? Do you feel like there's, and it might be all over the map, but do you feel like most people that you work with who are looking for benefits are looking to improve their walking versus fatigue versus spasticity or balance, or is it just all all of of the the above? above. (laughs) All of the above. 
What I do find, you know, when I first started teaching, I thought I was only going to do individual sessions, um, like traditionally a physical therapist does the one-on-ones. And I realized really fast that people were benefiting from being in a small group. And one of the benefits that appears to come is that sense of community that I am not alone. And our students, which has blown my mind, online are making friends and literally visiting each other in different states and and talking outside of class. That's one of the benefits I did not realize was so powerful. And so I think it's really important that building of community, that can be healing in and of itself, just being together with other like-minded people who who want to engage in something that's going to improve and maintain their health. But all of the above, you know, we get people who say, my balance, my balance, or I'm so spastic, my legs, they're rigid. So it's really all over the map. And I usually say at the beginning of class, what do you want to work on today? And then we kind of go with that flow. But there are certain poses that work on, it's all about the intention. You've done the pose before, but what are you working on this time? For instance, like the chair pose or, or tree pose, um, that can be a hip opener, but it's also very much a balancing pose. So it really depends on where we're setting that intention for perhaps the day. And, and you get a multiplicity of benefits, even when you're not necessarily focusing on it on a particular one. So do you feel like it's possible to notice improvements? And let's just say, I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head. Let's say I have many goals I'm working on. Strengthening my legs might be one. Balance might be another. And strengthening my upper body might be another one. Would you suggest that I would focus on one body part each day. So maybe Monday's arms, Wednesday's legs, you know, and separate it, or would you do all in the same day or does it not matter? So I don't know. You correct me on this if I'm wrong. I view um, a lot of times physical therapy might be more on one area than the other. With yoga, I tend to look at it like it's a whole body practice. And so we might say, you know, let's work on opening up the shoulders today. But we would also still do um, some leg stretches or some leg strengthening. I feel that that's a way you're getting that whole body, you know, attuning to the whole body rather than to one area. Um, But having said that, if you know you want to work on something like walking or balance, you know, we'd make sure we're weaving a few of those poses into the practice. I'm glad to hear you say that because I personally feel like yoga can be a one-stop shop because you can focus on all of those in like even just one pose can work on all those three things, arm strength, core, leg strength, balance, all of it. So that that's good to hear because I think a lot of people feel like yoga might be too challenging for them. So they don't try it or it's too intricate. They can't get into the poses, but you truly do make it doable for anyone. So I've loved this conversation. If you guys want any more of this, please follow Mindy on social media, her website. I'm a huge fan of the adaptive yoga cards because you can bring them anywhere with you and just pick what you want to do in your home. So I think those are fantastic. Oh, thank you. 
Of course. So if people do want to find you, can you please share with us how they can reach you, where you're at on in the online world and how they can find you? Yeah. So the one place I would say is yogamovesms.org. And that's the website. And feel free to email me at mindy at yogamovesms.org. Also, if you are a frequenter to Instagram and Facebook, where you might know Dr. Gretchen from, she posts so regularly and always so informative. You can also message me through Facebook and Instagram at Yoga Moves MS. Awesome. And all of those links will be in the show notes as well. But thank you so much for being here with us today and for sharing all these nuggets of information. I feel like it's a way to have someone with MS feel like they actually can do it when maybe they thought they couldn't at first. So thank you so much. Yes. I sure hope we got that message across that you don't have to be a little pretzel to do yoga. (laughs) Anyone can do yoga. Awesome. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am beyond grateful to have you as a listener. So as a thank you, I have something special just for you. I created a bundle of resources exclusive for the listeners of the Missing Link podcast who are looking for more guidance and tips to champion your life with MS. To get these resources, head over to msinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you loved this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a friend. Or if you're on social media, take a screenshot right now and post it to your page or your stories and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out to other MS warriors. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast.